podcast is intended for mature audiences. The views and opinions expressed are those of the panelists and do not reflect in any way those of the podcast partners, sponsors, or affiliates. Enjoy. Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and you're listening to the voice of the people. Let's get ready for Boxing Voice. Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. Every day I'm hustling, 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 every day I'm every day I'm every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling. Fury's the name! I'm fucking fighting's the game! His heart's rattling now! His walls have sunk up inside of him! There's a man here that's gonna annihilate your daughter! TheBoxingBoys.com The heavyweight champion of the world, the greatest fighter that's ever lived, ever laced a pair of boxing gloves on, ever stood in the boxing arena. Me, the Gypsy King! <laughs> Fury, under the hands of Sugar Hill, is just a different beast. He's a different monster. Joshua's a coward. Who's ex a pussy and Dylan White don't want to fight? So if you can prove me wrong, get to fucking fighting. These are all coward bum dossers. I'll annihilate the lawyers and destroy us. Submit yous. Tap you bitches out. Fury's just too intelligent. When he has to box, he boxes. When he's got a triple jab, he triple jabs. If he holds a handful of stones and throws them at me, he may have a chance of landing something. <laughs> chicken! Chicken! Joshua! Where are you? Where are you, AJ? AJ! Dylan White's a bitch. When I see you, you've got to fight me anyway. What up, what up, what up, what up? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another edition of the Boxing Voice Radio. I am your host, and we're here to discuss the heavyweight division. What an amazing undercard Tyson Fury's handlers have announced that Nganu versus Fury will have. I'm talking amazing. It reminds me of the, you know, throwback. It's like paying homage to Don King is how I feel. According to Michael Benson, who is reporting, according to the fight WTA, Tyson Fury representative Spencer Brown has stated that Joseph Parker versus Simon Keane and Martin Bacoli versus Carlos Tackham will join Fabio Wardley versus David Adelaide on the Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou undercard. I think this is amazing news. Um, I mean, these are great fights. Uh, Wardley, Adelaide in itself is an amazing fight. We should be happy we're getting that on Tyson's undercard. But outside of that, it looks like we're going to be getting the return of Joseph Parker taking on Simon Keane. Simon Keane is an idol of the Tiger management fighter. I'm pretty sure um, he's probably... um, He's probably trained by Mark Ramsey, who pretty much trains and works with all Eye of the Tiger promotion fighters. Um, But this is a damn good undercard. I mean, again, Joseph Brown, former WBO heavyweight champion. Excuse me, I mean Joseph Parker, not Brown. Joseph Brown, uh, former WBO heavyweight champion, longtime sparring partner of uh, 
Tyson Fury. And, you know, Fury just showing the value in being his friend. He's making sure he gets his buddies on there. Uh, who else is on there? Martin Bacoli. Martin Bacoli has that big win over Tony Yoka. Obviously, the loss to Michael Hunter. Carlos Takam is a great fight for uh, Martin Bacoli. I love it. And then last but not least, you got the two young guns, up-and-comers, one heavy hitter in David Adelaide, and then a, a slick boxer in Fabio Wardley that does bring power. This is a very, very good undercard. We're a little more than a month away. Uh, this will be happening October 28th, and um, I'm excited. I am. I'm excited. I love heavyweights. All these guys are named heavyweights. Uh, Simon has been there for a little bit. He's been doing some sort of business with Top Rank and obviously, you know, doing his thing with Eye of the Tiger Promotions. Uh, and now he gets his breakout. He was scheduled to be on the Callum Smith versus Arthur Betterby fight August 19th. That never happened. He was going to then face um, Guido Villanella. So he actually got a tougher opponent. Let's be real. Guida is a little bit of a deer in the headlights. You know, he's still learning on a job. Certainly not a seasoned pro. Certainly not a contender. You know, um, so Simon, he's got to make a, a hard adjustment because he's going to be facing someone completely different now. You know, uh, Joseph Parker is a former WBO champion. He has the experience. He's been in the ring. So um, for Simon, is do or die. You either win this fight and your name gets propelled amongst, you know, the better heavyweights, or you lose this fight and we forget you. Uh, simple as that. He's Canadian. He doesn't have any really big fights that have taken place uh, at all. So, um, you know, that... Um, <laughs> This is a really good fight for Simon. He can make a name for himself. And there's some other heavyweights on this fight that they could potentially match him up with. You know, Carlos Taka, Martin Bacoli, the winner of Fabio Worley and David Adelaide. I, you know, those are good fights, man. Um, so once again, shout out to Tyson Fury and Queensberry Promotions because this is like a throwback to a Don King card for sure with, uh, you know, what do you got, like nine named heavyweights in the ring, you know, uh, even for Simon, you know, he's probably the least known, but also the one that needs to make the most of an impression. Everyone else kind of has a name. Fabio, we know here across the pond. Adelaide, we know here because of his power. Fury, obviously the number one heavyweight. And Ganu, obviously a crossover star. So, you know, it's really only Simon Keen that, uh, we do not know, and that needs to make an impression on the television audience. But um, we do have a guest scheduled today, Sean McCollum. Uh, we should be having him on at 4.30 Pacific Standard, 7.30 Eastern Time. And uh, if you want to ask Sean or any of our many guests a question, remember, you can do that by heading over to our Patreon page or our community page where everyone who we interview will have their respective posts and you can drop them a question and we will ask them that question uh, specific to your name. Uh, let me send Sean this link so I don't forget as I'm always forgetting. 
my interviews, right? This morning's interview, about an hour and a half late because I sent the link late. Completely forgot. But uh, we got a couple callers. You could call in um, if you want to voice your opinion on today's topic. Obviously, we're going to be discussing the Tyson Fury undercard. uh, And we're scheduled to have a guest. We should be having Brian Mendoza tomorrow, who's scheduled to face Tim Zhu. So once again, if you want to ask him or anyone that we've been interviewing a question, your best bet is to join our YouTube members or our Patreon on each respected platform. You will be able to drop a question to whoever it is we are interviewing at the time. Uh, So, yeah, man, head on over to our Patreon or our community page right here on YouTube.com. In the meantime, I am going to open up these phone lines. Looks like I have a a caller there, and uh, we'll get to it while we wait for that first guest. Remember to rate us five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to YouTube.com slash The Boxing Voice for the latest and greatest interviews with your favorite fighters. Remember, it's free to call in. You can call the number to call, 1425-569-5241. You can use Discord if you want to call internationally, trying to save some money. You can use Twitter Spaces as well to be able to call in absolutely free. Uh, We're going out to what looks like Ninja. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. What's up in L.A.? Yo. Yo. You hear me? I hear you. Yeah, what up, Ness? Um, What up, Ness? Hey, dope that you're getting Brian Mendoza. I'm excited um, for that interview coming up. Uh, Nothing really about this card really got me really... Man, this is one of those cards I just wanted to, you know what I mean, play his course and then, like, move on to the next thing, to be honest. Even with the undercard, like, I get the main event is an exhibition, but, oh, wow, he dropped off. Okay. Damn. Maybe he was at work trying to sneak in the car. I don't know, but um, short and sweet. Maybe the exhibition isn't good, but, man, do you guys really not like the undercard? Like, I'm, 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 I'm a little bit lost here. Like, what's up? Uh, damn. No, no liking the undercard. That's uh, a little strange to me, you know? Um, it's a damn good undercard. But if you're watching this on YouTube, you could hit that thumbs up. Jeez Louise. And remember the number to call, 1425-569-5241. Press 1 one time to voice your opinion. Right here, Voice of the People Hotline, you must... Press one at least one time to indicate to us that you want to get on the show and and voice that opinion. Where my Canadians at, man? You got you got Simon Keen on the show or not on the show, but on the card, right? We're going out to what looks like uh, a new caller. 
Give me one sec, and we'll get right to you. Remember, if you're watching this on YouTube, hit that thumbs up. We're rock, rocking out seven days a week, bringing you some boxing talk. We got someone in the ATL, shorty ATL, looking like we got Anthony in Atlanta. What's up? Yo, what up, Ness? Yo, I had to call in. <clears throat> and uh, you hey, you got me? You hear me? I can hear you, brother. All right. So I had to call in because I just heard you say that it's the main event's an exhibition. You know, I completely disagree with you because – I've seen every Francis Ngannou fight. I mean, everyone back to his kickboxing days. When he was kickboxing, when nobody well, knew who he was. you know, technically it's not fights. an exhibition. Technically it's a real fight, just the title's not on the line, I believe. So, I mean, maybe we mm -hmm, can call exactly. it a real fight. And he deserves your respect. That guy deserves your respect. Okay, if you if you look at his back story, you know, everything he's been through here to get to get to this moment, I would not be shocked if he shocks you and surprises you. You got to realize these are heavyweights. So this isn't no Floyd and Connor. This isn't no like, oh, he's got to win some rounds. This is a, I got to land this right hand. And I'm coming to land this right hand that's knocked out every man that has ever landed on. Okay. And yes, it's smaller gloves. But this dude, I'm telling you, hits harder than anybody Fury's ever been in the ring with. And that includes Deontay Wilder, mm. one of my favorite fighters. Yeah, I mean, you know? isn't that a little and bit difficult a to say when Wilder at least has a proven track record and Gano does not? He does. Not in boxing, but in in uh, MMA, his, he's the most vicious knockout artist to ever live. Yeah, but he's the don't scariest we, guy to ever fight in a cage. But don't we have to separate his MMA record because he's using four rounds gloves? He won't be able to get away with that in real boxing. It's it's a different style Maybe of defense. They're heavyweights, though. They're heavyweights. Did you see Greg Hardy beat up um, yes. uh, Hasim Rockman Jr.? Yes. He ain't no boxer, but, but he was a big dude who could hit hard. You know but what I'm saying? But Hasim Rockman didn't have the natural ability of Tyson. I mean, you're asking a complete... But he's still a, he's a boxer. Yeah, but you're he's asking a... boxer, a, right? He probably... But you're still asking a complete novice to take out the best heavyweight we know since Muhammad he, Ali. He doesn't, he doesn't need to box, though. Like, that, that's what you're missing. He doesn't need to box. He needs to land the right hand of the gods and put Fury to sleep. That's all he's got to do. It's something that he's been doing his whole life. Yes, the gloves are a little bit bigger. What, five more ounces? What, do they have 10 ounces on? No, okay. I'm pretty sure it's, um, in, um, pretty sure it's uh, you know, either six more ounces or eight. So what, 16? Uh, no, aren't they They either fighting in 10s or... No. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's 10s. I don't so, think it's 12s. No, nah, so, so they fighting in 10s, like I thought. So it's 4 to 10. That's not that much, especially if you're a heavyweight. I mean, that literally, he's a heavyweight. All he's got to do is land a big shot and put him out. And I think... I, I hope he shocks the world cause, so we can get some respect. Because you, your boxers need MMA guys, okay? Ain't none of you boxers going and getting in that cage. But all of our guys are coming over because you, you guys at the top make a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? That's what amazes at the top. But at the same time, I want to see some of you boxers switch it around. You know what I'm saying? Because y'all need us. Y'all y'all picking off Nate Diaz's, Conor McGregor, our biggest star, came and fought y'all biggest star. Was it because Conor's Yeah, but you know why. Lived? No. But you know why. Like, you can't <laughs> ask us to go over there when it's – Irrelevant over there and no money over there. You guys are coming over what? here because there's relevancy. What? 
let's be real, bro. Let's be real. Ngannou was a heavyweight champion over there making 600000 and he left the UFC, and no one cares that he left. Ngannou turned down $10 million for the Jones fight. He, he got offered $10 million, the same thing he's going to make against Fury. See, that, that, that's what he be tricking you, motherfucker. He got y'all. They, they got y'all. That, that y'all really believe that there's that much. At the top, at Floyd Mayweather's level, yeah, there's more money. But that's one dude. You can't name me 10 dudes that's made more money than Conor McGregor. You can't name me three dudes that's made more money than Conor McGregor in boxing. You I, know, can, that's name of I can name you okay. dozens of of boxers that have made more money than 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 ten dozen MMA fighters, ten dozen. Yeah, but, I'm but listen, about, that's the sound. Yeah, but that's the thing. You're yeah, talk- that's no, no, no. That's the thing. You're talking about one fighter in an entire organization. When you're comparing UFC to boxing, yes. you're talking about Conor yes. only. That's sad, bro. No. No, 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 no. Listen, listen to me, brother. Listen to me before you argue. What I'm saying is you are speaking and only bringing up Connor in terms of purse. You're speaking to one person. That's like me. Exactly. My brother, why don't you listen? That's like me telling you, bro, we got the most money. Look at what Floyd's getting paid. That that's cheating using okay. the, the let, highest let me, standard let me of all. Like this, why man. don't why don't we use an Danny average, Garcia. brother? Use an da- average. Da- Danny Garcia. All right. Da- Danny Garcia. I gotta go. I gotta go. That's the interview. I, I, I Google Danny. Sean McCallum, what's up, my brother? Sean, how are you? Yo, I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good, man. Happy to have you. Obviously, uh, congratulations on, on on the performance, getting that great win over over Money Pal, and uh, you know, just wanted to get you back on, see what's cooking, see what's next. When when you thinking of moving and shaking, or or is the rest of the year kind of uh, vacations now? Is is just just holiday season? Uh, nah, I definitely plan to be back before the year is over. Um. Got my team working some things out now, and uh, yeah, as soon as, as soon as it's locked in, the world will know. So Glad years to be back over, on, years over. What are you expecting? Uh, November, December? You have a month in mind? Um, yeah, sometime around there, November, December, right. possibly. So uh, obviously, you being <coughs> excuse me from Colorado. <laughs> Last time we spoke. You told me, I'm pretty sure you have gotten some work with Crawford, but we didn't talk about his performance. So, um, yeah, man, what did you think of his performance? And uh, were you shocked? Um, well, I thought his performance was amazing. Obviously, um, when they're just completely dominated, uh, another great fighter, the other best, if not the best guy in the weight class at the time. Um I definitely was shocked. I mean, uh, I definitely knew he had the the skill, the, you know, everything to get the win, but to do it in that fashion, obviously was shocking. So, um, yeah, definitely surprised me, but I'm not surprised in a way just because, you know, it's Terrence Crawford. So he's capable of doing that to anybody on any given night. Now, when I ask you this, I'm not trying to get a headline to make it seem like you got the better of Crawford, but, when you say you were shocked, was it because when you shared the ring, the separation wasn't that wide? No, nah, I never actually worked with Terrence. Okay. I don't know where that where that keeps coming from. I, I worked with 
guys that he brings to camp with him, like Steve Nelson and various other guys. But I spent most of, I spent not even most of the time, all the time that I was down there um, while he was in camp for this fight working with Steve Nelson. I never actually shared the ring with Terrence before. That's so crazy. Why is that rumor going around? I don't know. I guess it's uh, they hear that I like have been involved in his camps or like not even like his camps, but you know, if Terrence Crawford's in camp, it's his camp, you know. Mm-hmm. He brings mm-hmm. everyone there. He's the reason everybody's there. Um, yeah, so I guess when they hear me say like, oh, I I've trained in the same gym as him. They assume we've shared the ring, but no, we've never shared the ring before. Hopefully we can if he uh, manages to lock in a Canelo fight. Ah, because he's coming to your division. Right. Well, <laughs> if he if he plans on fighting somebody that big, then I would assume, you know, he's going to be working with guys who are already in the weight class to get a feel for what it's like to be in there with the super middleweight. Um Okay, yeah. so you're saying you would be willing to come in as a sparring partner if he gets the Canelo fight? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'd be willing to work with him regardless of who he's fighting. But, um, yeah, if he's fighting Canelo, then give me a call. So, Sean, what is your reach? Because it's not um, listed on BoxRec. I believe 77, 78. Um, they finally, I finally got it uh, measured for the first time officially on uh, – the night of the fight out in Atlanta. Um, so about 77. Somewhere around there, yeah. You sure? Because that sounds very long, right? Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure we Google Crawford. He's got to be like a 72, 74, and he's already a long reach. But um, I'm just going back to your fight, bro. Like, your arms are so long. I think people can't gauge... Um, your range or your sense of range because your arms are so freakishly long, so they think you're not in range, and then you could just up jab them. Um, hmm? they start eating different here, yeah, yeah. Um, I can move so fast. Um, I'm sorry, say that again. I gotta move on. Nah, man, up. just definitely, uh, you know, being amazed by your, your reach and, and, and the fact that people can't really figure out that range, so you're able to kind of up jab i feel like you use that up jab a lot am i right yeah i mean um definitely with having such long arms if you don't know how to use them properly it can be a disadvantage but um thankfully the coaches i worked through with through the years have taught me different variations and different ways to use my lead hand um just because i believe it's uh your most important weapon so you got to have a variation of attacks with it so for me, yeah, like my long arms are definitely an advantage, but um, knowing how to use them is a more important aspect of the of the formula. When when exactly did you pick this up? I know we probably went through this the first interview, but what? How old were you when you picked up the sport? I was nineteen, a couple months away from my twentieth. Okay, yeah, now I remember. I, I kind, I'm pretty sure I brought up Sergio Martinez being that old. Um, yeah. When he started. Yeah. Yeah, man. Your fight with Money Pal. I mean, uh, obviously, I was uh, super impressed and excited because I, I bet on you and you won. So I was I was definitely happy. But outside of that, it's just I felt like he wasn't really on. I don't want to say not on your level because it, it, it nah, can sound bad, it, but it's just like your. Um, let's just say you were beating him to the punch and your style isn't traditional so i think it gave him a lot of problems do you feel that way um just to go back to what you were saying before 
I didn't think he was on my level going into the fight, during the fight. Like, I never really felt like he had anything for me. Um, I mean, with all due respect, uh, being that he's a fighter as well, but going into the fight, they had me as a betting underdog. Um, I felt like I felt disrespected going into the fight, but I understood why. Like I said, it was just because of the popularity factor. But I never felt like it was a step up for me. I never felt like it was a fight that was going to be super tough for me or that I was like an underdog going into. I mean, yeah, he didn't really have anything for me. I've seen a lot of people online talking bad about the, the fighting of itself. And I can't really say I feel like I should take any other blame for that. But uh, yeah, it was it was what it was. So over time, man, I felt like that was an amazing four weeks. We interviewed uh, one of the CEOs and, you know, there's talks of that coming back. As a fighter that got a chance to fight on overtime, um, did it give you that big fight feel? Did you feel like, oh, I made it. I'm here now. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the platform, I mean, if you go look at their Instagram, I mean, they got millions upon millions of followers just on social media, uh, well, at least just on Instagram. And then, uh, they did a lot of, uh, like pre-fight media and interviews and different things like that, photo shoots. So yeah, it definitely gave me the feeling of like, uh, this is, you know, this is big business, you know, or this is a, a group that put a lot into making sure that the, uh, the show was like as professional as possible and, uh, was, would come across as many eyeballs as possible. It was, like I said, it was a great experience. I would definitely do it again. Um, but yeah, they would just have to make some better highlights of, the, of me after the fight. That's the only thing I'd ask. <laughs> it's funny because I did see the overtime highlights and it's like, yo, didn't Sean win? Why they keep showing this right. body shot he landed on you? And it was like 15 seconds of the one good round he had in the whole fight. And that was like the, the backdrop to the video of me being talked about and the things I've accomplished and where I come from, yada, yada, yada. It was a little funny, but water under the bridge. I mean, at least they called you boxing's best kept secret. Yeah, I mean, they, they kept to that. Um, I guess it's something that has gotten into the the public's, the public dialogue now, whether they believe it or not. Um, yeah, it's it's like I said, it, it was a it was an opportunity to show what I could do. I definitely don't feel like that was my best showing. Um, there's definitely a lot more to come. So, yeah. uh, I'm trying to text Adrian now because it just came to my mind, but I'm pretty sure he told me there was interest from PBC, right? And things are certainly heating up on the PBC side over there at 168. Yeah, it's uh, I, I have a few options on the table. Um, like I said, I talk to my team a lot. I've got, in my opinion, one of the best managers in the game, one of the most experienced uh, personalities in boxing in Jolene Mazzone, and then also one of the brightest minds in boxing in Adrian Clark. So um, the sky's the limit, really, just about where, you know, where the best opportunities happen to where come do from. You, where do you think those best opportunities lie as the actual fighter? Like, you see who's where, where would you prefer, or who would you prefer to fight? Because... You know, I know Crawford likes to believe it ain't no size of the street, but he didn't get that fight till he was with PBC. Right. I mean, um, for me, again, it's just where the best opportunities come from. I'm signed with a promoter already, and uh, my promotional company has done their job to uh, use the resources they have available to them to just move me wherever. Like, 
I mean, I fought in June. It was on the Adames Julian Williams undercard, which is of course is uh, PBC. And then uh, this next fight, you see me, I'm on overtime. So it's just, again, it's about where the best opportunities come from. For sure. I felt like that overtime opportunity was a, was a great opportunity for a lot of you guys. Uh, luckily, you got the win and capitalized on it. Yeah, for sure. That that was that was the plan was to get in, get out like a robbery, and keep my own intact on the way uh, on the way out. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I'm I'm being told that you might possibly fight on a PBC card. There's a lot of talent over there. Who do you you know? Without and I don't say this as disrespect. I mean. Because people, fighters, you know, they get a little sensitive. But at the end of the day, you know, if you're a competitor, you you looking at people and you're like, yeah, I could beat him. So I want to fight him because I can right. beat that dude, right? So are there, like, who's your weak link at 68? Who's the, who are you racing to get before? Because you know somebody else going to beat him. You just want to get to him before everybody else beat him. Uh, I got a few names, but again, I'm not going to, that's just not my style to, you know talk bad about guys or be like, oh, I mean, this is the one. You ain't talking bad like. with that soft-spoken voice, your arms folded. All you're going to say is, yeah, I think I could be Edgar Belanga. I think I could take Keller Plant right now. I mean, you ain't being disrespectful. You just yeah. speaking yeah. it into existence. I mean, outside of those guys that you mentioned, who else is there really, like, you think about who the top guys are in the weight class. You got David Morrell, Canelo, obviously. Um, Jamal Charlo and Jamel Charlo, possibly. Um, Demetrius Andre. Yeah, Demetrius Andre. David Benavides. Yeah, those guys. David Benavides. You're right. But I'm saying, like, outside of those guys who are really, like, for somebody like me who's 14 and 0, that I could realistically go after, that's why I don't really get into, like, the calling names or saying, like, oh, I could beat this guy. Because I feel like I could beat any of those guys, like, anybody in the weight class. But uh, I'm 14 and 0. I'm relatively uh new on the scene so a lot of people can take the i act like i don't really know who he is but look at his resume and he's fought some legit guys but most of those guys will just play the i don't know who he is game so it's like i don't want to waste energy chasing after a one particular name like i said i'm just about taking good fights i mean like i say you look at my resume i'm it's clear that i'm, I'm willing to fight whoever i mean i was seven to no taking tough fights. I mean, I've taken tough fights all the way through my career, really, with a few exceptions. But yeah, it's not about names to me. It's just about winning the fights, continuing to do my thing. And then, uh, like I said, when the right opportunity presents itself, y'all will see me in a big fight. What's the timeline for you uh, to become a champion? Do you have one or are you just going to let the process play out? Um, I, I have plans, but Things never. I'm realistic about the things I expect versus how things can actually play out. Um, for me, I mean, I'm making 68 easy, but at the same time, I feel like I'm losing like a bit of something just from the weight cut. Like, not that it's a hard weight cut for me. Like I said, I'm making it easy, but obviously, you know, when guys move up in weight, they feel a little more comfortable. They can eat a little bit more. They got to put less of a focus on making weight and more into, um, you know, game plan and training, staying strong, things like that. Um, I want to stay at 68 at least for another two years and then move up. But like I said, anything could happen. You know, I might find myself in a big fight, win a title, and I might want to keep that as a bargaining chip, you know, for the foreseeable future. So anything's possible.
Have you heard of Vladimir Shishkin? Yeah, I've heard of him. That fight been offered to you? No. Do you think you can beat him? Yeah. So you've watched him fight? Yeah, I've seen him fight before. Not impressed with his Uztatagi win? Uh, I mean, it's a, he went 12 rounds. I mean, he got the job done. So that's, you know, you got to give him props for the fact that he did that. But, um, again, for who it was against, I wouldn't really say it's like a jump out the window, like performance or anything like that, or like a amazing win. But like I said, I'll give him credit for the fact that he went 12 rounds against a very experienced veteran and got the job done. For sure. He also has that win over Senna at Beko. Which... Yeah, which also is a good win. Underrated win. Yes. I'm glad you said underrated. So that means you know these guys in your division. There's somebody oh, yeah, else sure. that uh, I wanted to bring up. Diego Pacheco. You're f He's 16-0, and 0, I think. I mean, obviously, it's the zone and stuff like that. We're not talking politics. Just your thoughts on a, another fighter in your division. He's actually fighting, I believe, this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe uh, I'm impressed one. with him. He's a he's a very good fighter. Um, young, developing, um, taking care of business against guys who uh, um, are kind of put in front of him to just test him, just to see what he has, you know. But like I say, I mean, he's passing every test of flying colors, so you definitely can't uh, no knock on him at all. Like I said, I'm impressed with him. Do you long for some of that activity that they're giving him? Um, you, I think I've been cool moving. With, your, with the way, you know, you've been moving right now. I think I've been moving well. Um, since I signed my deal, um, I, I was supposed to fight earlier in the year, but, you know, things happen, dates fall through. Um, so I could have been on pace for a better year, but for me to fight in June and then come back about seven weeks later in August to pick up my probably my biggest win on the biggest platform I've had. I think I'm being moved very well. And then another one, hopefully before the year is over, three fights, I can't really complain. And then, you know, we're going to next year, 15 and 0. And yeah, really put my foot on the gas. Now I know Adrian has a good relationship with Golden Boy. Has um, any Golden Boy names ever came across your desk? I honestly, couldn't tell you any Golden Boy names at 68. So. I'm I'm specifically just wondering if Beck the Bully was ever offered before or after the Gabriel's auto loss. No. No? Like, I, I, I mean, I just got everything together beginning of this year, so we kind of were. What do you mean you know, by that? Explain. What do you mean got it together? As in, like, sign my deals. I signed my deals early in the year, so, you know, like I said, Two years or two fights in a seven-week span. Another one before the year is over. Like I said, we we got a whole another year ahead of us, and like I said, sky's the limit. What's your thoughts on Beck the Bully? You think he he is somebody you can take out if given the opportunity? Uh, again, yeah, you 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 bring up any name, and uh, yeah, I, I feel like I could beat him. But no, he's never been offered to me. But so no matter again, the name, you won't. It won't ever change for you. Like you always say, I could beat him. You like, there's not a name I could say where you like. Well, that that's a tough fight. Um, I mean, whether I think there'll be tough fights or not is one thing. Whether I think I could beat them is another. Or whether I'm going to go into a fight against a guy confident 
is another thing, you know. You can ask any fighter this, and they're all going to give you the same answer. We're all supposed to have a, well, uh, at least, like, a display an over, over-inflated ego and, like, feel like, you know, we're the greatest thing that's ever walked the earth. So, again, you're going to get the same answers from me that you get from any fighter. Yeah, I say him because, uh, you know, obviously I know you're with main events, but you jump around, and, and he's been struggling for opponents, but also has looked vulnerable enough that, you know, if you got the skills, you might jump on that fight. Like, he has power, but uh, I, last fight I watched, I'm pretty sure his trainer was, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of a... Uh, really badly wanting to see him go to the head. It looks like Beck the Bully's obsessed with the body. So the entire yeah. fight, the commentary and the corner was only, you know, pleading with him to go to the head. It was pretty strange. I never seen nothing like that. Yeah, a lot of his a lot of his fights have ended by body shots, which I mean is not a bad strategy. Like it's the biggest target uh you can go for in the fight. So I can't really blame him, but yeah. So, um, I believe I have some questions here for you from the people. Let me just scroll to your post. But in the meantime, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about strength and conditioning, man. We just seen the All Access. Tell me you watched it. Uh, Canelo Charlo? Yes, episode two. Yeah, for sure, of course. Yeah, I, I couldn't miss it for, wouldn't miss it for the world. Bro, did you see Charlo, like, doing his run? And he's like, yeah, because I got to get these mouths in. I can't be huffing and puffing like Earl. That was <laughs> that was crazy. So it's like my new thing now. Like, how many mouths you running? Um, how big of a difference is running opposed to not running? You know, like, do you feel a drop in your stamina? Do you feel a, 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 a some sort of difference in fatigue? Um, well, I mean, I've had camps where I've done more running than others, and then I've had camps where I haven't done as much as others. Um, I can't really sit here and act like, uh, like running, if, if there's one thing that's going to make a difference between two guys getting in the ring, it's not going to be, I don't think it's going to be how many miles they ran during the camp. There's much, much more factors that go into a fight than, yeah, how many miles a guy ran. So for you, you don't feel your stamina in the ring comes from your runs. I mean, it again, it, it's like uh, something that covers the bases. But again, like if you're talking about strength and conditioning, there's a lot of it, a lot of aspects that go into uh, getting the fighter prepared from a cardio standpoint. Running isn't the only thing. I mean, there's lots of new studies about short-term or short-distance sprints and, like, high-intensity training and different things like that that have shown better benefits than, you know, getting out on the road and running six miles at a time. But, again, it's, it's boxing. Everybody has different teams for different reasons. Everybody's biology is different. So I can't say, like, what works for me is going to work for the next guy. What works for me works for me. And what do you feel works for you exactly? Less or more of the running? Um, Cause I'll give you an example. Like Wilder didn't start running until after the Fury fight. Up until then, right. he felt like I don't need to run. No, I definitely feel like running is is important, but I wouldn't say it's like like I said. I'm not gonna put it at the top of uh, the list as far as like the most important things that a fighter can do to prepare from a cardio standpoint. Mm. It's 
but I will put it on the list as something that is important. I won't say it's number one, but it's definitely important. There was a fighter, I believe he fought on OTX or on the MVP cards, but still on the zone. His name was Abel Gonzalez. Did you watch uh-huh. that? Oh, you watched that? Uh, I just seen the highlights of it, but I'm familiar with him before. I was familiar with him before anyway. Like, I spend hours upon hours on box break looking through the rankings and trying to find film on the guys in the rankings. So just by anybody you name within like top 50, at least I've seen at least, you know, a couple rounds on them if it's out there. That's dope, man. I, I've been doing this 13 years and I've, I've, I've seen fighters tell me they don't watch tape. They don't look up fighters. They're not interested. They got to worry about me. I'm like, okay. I, I like ego. a guy that does research, man. Fuck that. Yeah. Again, that's them, that's them speaking from the ego. That's not them being like, I try to at least come on here and be like, a real person so i'm gonna give you honest answers from a human's perspective well i'm glad do you do know abel because abel uh i'm gonna have to go to his social media to get the, the exact number but dude must have ran 14 miles um and i'm like wow is that too much you know like he took pictures he had like two blisters on his feet i'm like is that too much and his pace, I ain't going to front, though. I was impressed like a motherfucker to have a non for like eight straight miles, nine-minute, you know, a nine-minute mile, eight straight miles. Man, he's fucking insane. But I, how much is that going to help? Because, yeah, it impressed me compared to other boxers who I asked how many miles you do. But how much does that translate in ring? Exactly. That's the, where is the, like, overlap between functional and uh like hard work like there has to be a a balance kept between functional strength and cardiovascular like whatever you want to call it vo2 max cardio but those are things like again those are things that are secondary to our sport the sport is boxing not running so again it's it's about i mean if it makes you feel like you know it's gonna help you be the best writer you can be then do it again it's Works for you, works for you, works for me, works for me. Now, watching him, he did have amazing stamina. I did feel like that was a six-round fight that deserved to be a 10-round. Like, I was impressed with both men taking that fight so early. You could tell the skill level was not of a six-round fight. Yeah. Um, and he didn't get tired. But it was 15 miles, Sean. I'm sorry. So, that's why I said, I, you know, I had to check. And uh, let me just show you his feet, bro. So this is a video. He's drinking BA, what is it, BACCs or whatever afterwards. But look at the pace. That's crazy impressive. Yeah. It's definitely an impressive feat. Like, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and act like that's not something. But look that, at the muscles. He was having cramps, blisters on the feet. I don't know that this is. Now, how long perfect. are you going to be out at the gym after doing something like that? Exactly. Waiting on blisters to heal, waiting on your legs to recuperate, different things like that. So it's about, like I said, it's a it's a balance between working hard and recovery. Recovery is more important than the work you put in in a lot of cases. So yeah, it, it, you got to keep a balance. That's what a team is supposed to be there for to help you keep that balance. Because if it's up to a fighter, we'll just work all day. Of course, like I'm the same way. I love to work, but you know, sometimes you know you're you're not able because of the work that you put in the other day like i've had coaches tell me like it's about you you build a fighter from the bottom up like you layer you know you build like you're building the cake you layer on top of layer day by day it's not an overnight process 
the time that we uh, got to speak to you out here, was that your first time in Vegas as a fighter? Uh, no. Well, I mean, in the sense of like just coming out and training, yeah. But uh, I had been there for the or the 2015, I believe, Gold, National Golden Gloves. But so yeah, that was my second time. So this was your first time for uh, like holding camp or getting work. Yeah. Yeah, first how, time. How was that experience, and do you feel that it was um, important enough to do it again? Important enough to what? You cut off to right. To do it again. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it was it was a great experience. I got to um, just being in a different environment definitely helps to uh, keep a fighter focused. You know, you get to be around other great fighters that I, you know, I see that see you guys on TV and then I'm training next to them. You know, it definitely adds a little bit of motivation. Um, makes you feel like, you know, you're not the the biggest and the baddest in the room, which uh, definitely is, again, motivation. And also, uh, like I said, the quality of the work was definitely important. I feel like it played a big part into um, my most recent performances and, you know, experience that I can draw from in the future. So it was, like I said, it was a dope experience. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was dope for me, man. I'm telling you, that made, that gave me the, you know, the nudge I needed to bet on you was watching you spar. And I don't say that to say that you got off, you know, or that you did better than your sparring partner, but I expected you not to do well. You know, I mean, the, guy you, I, the guy you sparred, like, they talk <laughs> so much about him, right? I'm sure you've heard it, too. So it's like, I wasn't, you know, you you were you were on his level. You made it seem like you were on his level. And I'm like, oh, wow. And then I got to see those arms up close. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you're so long. Do you find it easy because of your reach? I mean, and I know it's never easy, so maybe that's a poor choice of words, but I'm just saying, like, once you have your, I guess the guy's timing, having that reach, does it just make it that more simpler now? Because it's kind of hard to get past all that once the timing is on, that jab will just keep clicking. Yeah, like I said, um, well, to go back to what you said first, uh, no offense taken considering, like, like I said, I, I said this, on uh, another podcast recently that just about everybody I get in the ring with, whether it be sparring, a fight, whatever, they're probably going to be more popular than I am for, you know, at least the next couple of years until I knock off somebody that everybody truly respects. But, uh, yeah, like, just because I, I, I the, the, um, how can I put it? The popularity doesn't equate to skill. Like it, not to say, not that I'm saying this about the guys I was working with out in Vegas, but just in general, popularity does not equate to skill. I feel like we should all know that by now. But um, yeah, again, having long arms is definitely an advantage. It makes things, it may, I mean, it can make things easier for you to, uh, as far as like my timing. And like I said, once my timing starts to click, of course, I can touch a guy from further away. Um, most guys don't at, at the weight class don't have the kind of frame that I do, so I can touch them when they can't touch me. Um, it's an advantage against shorter fighters. I can keep them on the outside. It's an advantage against taller fighters. I can get low, but I still got the, you know, same distance. I can work from the same distance as those guys can. So it's, uh, again, it's about knowing when, where, why, and how you're going to use it. Um, 
Do you feel you still need some developmental fights, some former world champions under your belt, or do you want to be thrown into a title shot? So, I mean, like, would you want to fight a new Tatsuki, former champ, a Caleb True Axe, a former champ, um, you know, or do you want to get in there with a contender that's undefeated, like a Christian Mobili? Do you feel you're ready for the Mobilis and the world champions, or do you need something in between because you're only 14 to know at the time? I mean, yeah, that's the only reason. I would just say it's important for me to build up enough of a record, but not, like I said, not, not fighting tomato cans or nothing like that. Like, not I, tough fights. Like, I would like to see DeMond Nicholson. What do you think about him? Um, I think oh, that'd wow. be a good fight. I feel, like I, I feel like you made a face that you tried to hold back. You're not impressed with DeMond? Uh, I mean, I don't feel like he's a bad fighter or anything. Um, he's durable. I don't have yeah, he, he's, I mean, he, he's he got good fundamentals. He, he got um, he, stopped recently last week, I believe, yeah. by Christian Mobili. Yeah, and I did see that. I mean, tough dude, willing to fight anybody, will take tough fights back to back to back, um, regardless of the outcome. He's always willing to jump up and get in there with another guy. So, I mean, I, I have nothing but respect for him. But, um, yeah, any, any, any of those guys, like I said, outside of the top guys in the weight class who really – are we looking at as like, oh, this is, this is like champion written all over him, or like I, I feel like 168 is a top heavy division, um, at least that's just from my perspective. So until I get an actual a, a realistic opportunity to fight one of the guys who is not Canelo, but everybody else outside of him, I kind of have no choice but to show why I deserve a fight like that. I'm not just gonna you know, self-proclaim and try to jump to the front of the line and be like, oh, no, I should, you know, I deserve a Canelo fight at 14 and no, I haven't done enough. I know that. Um, so, yeah, like for me, it's just like not, I wouldn't even call them developmental fights. I would just say um, fights where I'm tested. Like I want tough fights. I'm not, I'm not afraid of tough fights. I'm not afraid of challenges. Like that's what I got into this for. And that's the only way I'm going to get to where I feel like I should be at in the near future. So if that answers your question. Have you heard of Lester Martinez? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen him. <laughs> You're good. Um, yeah. Who put you on him? Um, I've been watching him for some, for some time now, but um, I actually ran across him. I didn't get the chance to work with him. He was like, I think he was probably coming up to like the last couple of days before he fought on that Pro Box card that he just fought on. Um, he was down in the Springs working with Crawford's camp. So I just got to see him, size him up a little bit. He says, size him up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, Lester was in a big fight. And uh, 10 hours ago or so, Lonnie B, which is Lionel Thompson, pulled out. Are you familiar with him? Yeah, I did see that they were supposed to fight. I was actually interested in that fight. Me like, too. Even outside of me being like a, a fighter and looking at everybody in my weight class as a potential fight, I'm still a fan of the sport, so... Good fights in my weight class. I'm gonna watch and enjoy as a fan. Like I'm not in there with you, so I can enjoy it as a fan from a fan's perspective. I can break the fight down and look for holes in your game and look at things that I feel like I can take advantage of. But I'm still gonna watch and enjoy as a fan. Yeah, I wanted that fight. I was so excited and happy for Lonnie B. Obviously, he's got like three, four years out the ring. His last win was Ustatagi, and he never got an opportunity off of that. Lester Martinez, like you said, works with Crawford's team. He has the entire team 
and they're calling them the it's two Guatemalans and they're, and they're both the only you know title hopefuls for that country so there's a lot of uh weight on Lester's shoulders I wanted that fight to show me where he's at right like cuz Lonnie's a right. good name a good test um but since you sized him up is that somebody you would uh entertain getting in the ring or do you think that's something because of his team that should be later down the line when the profiles are bigger so it could be a big fight. Yeah, I mean, I think if well, I, I can't speak for anybody, but from the, the path that he's taken, it looks like he's kind of in the same place that I am, you know, take on those kinds of fights until the belts free up, um, continue to gain. I mean, like, just, just to go back for a second, all the belts are on one guy's hands. Doesn't look like they're going to be free anytime soon. So guys like me and him, what do we do until those belts become free? You know, we we can fight each other. Um, we can take the risk. I mean, of course, I'm not afraid of taking the risk. I'm not afraid of fighting anybody. But, again, like, that's what you have a team for. Your team kind of plan, plans and plots the next steps for you. And, um, of course, you got to sign off on them and say yes or no to them. But we all have teams that make sure, like, the path that we're on eventually leads to world titles, obviously. So, it's, again, what what do we do until – those kinds of fights are available to us. You, you take the next best thing. You Some guys might take this safe route and fight losing record guys and build up, you know, build a crazy record up, crazy, you know, crazy knockout ratio, all that. And some guys will, you know, test themselves, fight other young guys with similar records, fight contenders, veterans, et cetera. Like, I feel like that's the route, like, I'd be willing to take is continue to fight those, you know, those tests. So by the time those belts do free up, and everybody's making a scramble for him, I can raise my hand and actually deserve a shot at one of them. Sean, let me get a few predictions. Obviously, Canelo and Charlo fighting. That's your division. Uh, it's for the all the marbles, as you said, undisputed. Can Charlo get it off? Can he move up two divisions and become two-time undisputed like Crawford? Uh, I'm definitely. I think that's, honestly, um, I'm picking him to win. I can't really say exactly how it's going to happen, but I'm picking him to win. And what about Benavidez and uh, Demetrius Andrade? Obviously, Benavidez is the darling after Mike Tyson called him the Mexican monster. Can Andrade upset him? I mean, it's boxing and anything can happen on any given night. But if I were a betting man, I'm going to bet on the guy who has more upside and his best days are in front of him still. So Benavidez. For sure. Sean, man, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you. Uh, like I said, we're going to keep getting you on. We, we, we definitely uh, following your career and we're locked in with you. Uh, wishing you the best of success. Give out your social media for anybody that isn't following you. And uh, as soon as you get something on the schedule, we'll get you right back on. For sure. Appreciate you having me again. Thank you. Um, Y'all can follow me on Instagram at theamazing.sm where I'm most active. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at SeanM5280, um, the amazing Sean McCallman on Facebook. Keep your eyes peeled. More big things to come. All right, Sean. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Sean McCallum, great interview. I like that guy. Amazing reach, bro. 78, that's insane. Usyk got a 78. Um, he made us some real good money uh, against Money Pal. And uh, I'm hearing there's some, there's some PBC in his future. Not a long-term deal, but some fights. Who knows who that can be? Um, but I'm interested.
I love fighters like him, though, man. It was like a breath of fresh air to interview him. I like guys that actually watch the sport. I hate interviewing them dudes that tell you some shit, and you're like, yo, did you see? And it was like, I don't watch boxing, bro. It's like, why you don't want? Nah, man, I train all day. I don't want to go home. And why? It's like, the fuck? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I work all day, and I still fucking read and watch tape. Like, what the fuck? Now, weird. You want to get better, you got to watch. You got to follow the sport, man. Uh, it's huge. But, phone lines open. Brandon, what is up? We are talking the Tyson Fury Ngannou undercard. Also, we just had an interview, so feel free to talk about, you know, what you like. Brandon, you there? Brandon. All right, let me. Brandon. Brandon, you there? Brandon, check, check. All right, we're going to move on. Looks like we got Cliff in Connecticut. What up? Yo, hold on. Yo, you can hear me? Loud and clear. Yeah, um, I was listening to the interview. I don't, I don't know who he is, but I like, I did enjoy the interview. And he got like a, a very humble confidence. Like it seemed like inside his, inside of him. He would he feels a lot more than what he's expressing, and um, it's interesting to me because I feel like, you know, maybe behind closed doors without a camera and a microphone, he may he may tell you how he truly feels about how good he could be. I don't, but <clears throat> like I said, I don't know, so I don't know how good he could be. But I came in late, so I didn't realize that we could have asked questions on um, the Patreon, or else I would have asked him a question because. It sounded like he only had a handful of fights, and I yeah. would have wanted to know only how, what, what he felt. What, what, say that again? He's only had 14 fights so far. Yeah, yeah, he was 14 and 0, right? Yeah. So I would have wanted to know how he felt about David Morrell, because don't David Morrell have, like, less fights than that, but he's, like, more, way more um popular in the same division? Yeah, but David Morrell's also Cuban, man. That's what we was talking about earlier. You know, Cuban fighters, they have deep amateur backgrounds. Oh, I don't know nothing about David Morrell's amateur background. He got he he has a long amateur background. Yeah, man. Cuban like I honestly there aren't any Cubans except the one named Franco that didn't have, and even that Franco, I'm pretty sure he had like 300 fights. Like all Cubans, bro, they come with a deep, deep amateur background. Like even the ones that like are fighting on like low level cards in, in Florida, they still got fucking 50, 60 fights, bro. Yeah, see, that's why oh, I'm why, fucking with the boxing voice and tuning into these interviews. I'm going to be a hardcore in no time. We the fastest. Nigga, the hardcore ever. <laughs> but, <laughs> nah, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking graduate from casual to hardcore in no time. But yeah, I I just I would have I wanted to know like how he felt about some of the bigger names like 
<clears throat> like you kind of hinted, like, yo, what if I say this? You know, would you be like, it's a tough fight, but you ain't really go there. I wanted to know, like, well, how he. Yeah, because you know what? He against, answered like, it. He answered it so right. It's like, bro, he, he's saying, I don't. politically correct. Yeah, he like, I don't want to be one of them dudes that ain't fight nobody, but saying I could beat everybody. So I get him. You feel me? I And I ain't want to push him into that I get corner. Him too. But I did want him to call out some. Because, like, that's what fighters got to understand. Like, I'm giving you the opportunity to call out the fights you could make. The DeMond Nicholson's, the Caleb Truax's, the Anthony Durrell's, the Andre Durrell. Like, former world champs, not really in the mix, got that name that you could get a barometer, a gauge with. Like, those are the names you call. You can't call out Caleb Plant. He, he was on pay-per-view. He fought Benavides. He fought Canelo. He, he ain't going to look at you. You got to call out. You right. know, Je- Je- Jesse uh, Quigley. Jesse Quigley, the dude that motherfucking Belanga for. Call him out. You know, the dude Billy knocked out. Call him out. Like, that's that's what you do. Word, word. Oh, yeah. But um, it was a good interview. Like, um, when you do these interviews with all these boxers I've never ever fucking heard of, it's just making me my knowledge even better. So when I see them on the betting, um, on the gambling app, I'm going to have a little insight, and I'm going to be able to stack up that money with, with all the information I'm getting. But, yo, um, I mean, keep doing what you do. You know, I'll be there in the morning. Well, we was talking about Tyson Fury undercard. Did you hear who he got on it? Do you care? No, I came I came late, so if you so want to give me some Joseph Parker, couple, couple fights. Joseph Parker, former champ, okay. he's taking on Simon Keane. He got one loss. I think it's 21 wins, 20 knockouts from Canada. Um, you got Martin Bacoli, who beat Tony Yoka. He back. He taking on Tom Carlos Takam. That's another great fight. And then you got uh, Fabio Wardley taking on David Adelaide, which is another great fight. That's a battle of up-and-coming heavyweights. Some dudes right on the cusp. Well, definitely Wardley's on the cusp more than Adelaide. Adelaide is getting off this fight based off domestic rivalry. But he also hooked him at the press conference. I mean, pushed him, and then his boy <laughs> then his boy hooked him and, and cut Wardley. Yeah, see, that, that, that undercard, I'm going to get introduced to a whole bunch of people I do not know. So I'm going to be tuned in because... That's what I've been doing. Like I've been watching all these fighters that I'd never heard of, and just watching everything. Like it don't matter if it's on ESPN Plus or or the Zone. It don't it don't matter. I've been watching all types of shit. So I'm just gonna, gonna be getting money. introduced to more and more fighters. You're gonna be getting that money pretty soon, bro. Cause that's how it be. That's how you catch um, upset wins. Is cause the bookies don't be knowing. Like they didn't know who the fuck Sean was, but I watched Sean spar Devin Haney fighter. The dude I just interviewed, I got to watch him spar Devin Haney's fighter, Amari Jones, from, from the Bay. And Amari is like this standout. I heard of Amari Jones. Exactly. He like this standout superstar amateur that everybody talks about. The turn pro, he signed a DHP, and he's like this next big thing. So Sean didn't didn't beat Amari up, but but Amari didn't didn't separate himself, right? Like he he did what he did. He he looked like Omari. But Sean showed like yo, he belonged. 
he belong in there. And I'm like, wait a minute, this fucking kid is good. Oh, right, shit, right, look, at, right. look at this dude's arms. I'm like, hell no, he ain't, Money Pal ain't beating this dude. Then I interviewed him before the fight, and I got to know him. It was a wrap. I knew it. But, like, that's how you do it, bro. You, you, you know, the dudes that these motherfuckers don't know, you better do your research because that's how you're going to get these upsets. Like, I, I made money off Lennox Island. Dude was, like, 30-something years old, balding from... West Indies or Jamaica, motherfucker sleeping on him. I got to see that dude spar big baby 12 rounds. We talking about a 168-pounder spawn a fucking heavyweight that probably back then was juiced out the gills, nigga. So I'm like, hold up. This dude, I don't give a fuck how, you know, how much big baby isn't going hard, right? Because obviously he's a heavyweight. So, yeah, he wasn't going hard on a, on a super middleweight. But I, I seen the skills in that super middleweight. I seen what he was doing in that ring to a heavyweight and how he was avoiding shots. I said, nah. Yeah, we betting on whole boy. And caught him at a plus five, 480. You be doing that just like with, with Zang. And Zang about to fight, what, this weekend? Yeah, but the <clears throat> cat's out the bag with Zang is different now. Now everybody's seen yeah, him. See, yeah. we seen Zang, bro. I seen Zang. Zang spawned my old co-host. He wanted to spawn me. I'm like, hell no. Fuck, I look like a dummy. And then my co-host jumped in there with him. And, uh, you know, I got to know Zhang, and, and I got to know his trainer. You know, and I knew things. I, it, it, people could see. I ain't bet uh, in the beginning on Zhang. I felt like he was lazy. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, my co-host sparred him. Shit, my co-host wasn't a fighter. He just was an amateur fighter. He didn't do too bad. He didn't do too bad. So back then, I wasn't big on Zhang, but then he changed. And I knew he was going to do that to Joyce. Nobody believed me. Only me and King Bourne. But King Bourne was just guessing. Because he all the way in Brooklyn. He didn't see that dude spar. I watched him yeah, spar everybody. Like he, I felt like he was going to get tired in that fight. So like, so this fight, I know you picked him. But I'm I'm, I'm leaning towards Joyce. Because he could just get around nah, that so listen, protect his, his stamina issues and bring it deep. His stamina issues was about two fights ago. I can't guarantee you that Zhang is past those stamina issues. I could only tell you when he looked the most tired ever was versus Jerry Forrest, but he put Jerry Forrest down three times in that fight. So the one thing you know is tired or not, Zhang powered is beyond real. So, you know, he seen he made that mistake two, three fights ago. I don't think he ever going to be tired again. And they hired a new stripping. Well, I just he, interviewed him. Remember, they hired a new strip. They already had Shadeja Green stripping coach. Now they hired a new stripping coach. Yeah, I heard him. He said he going to retire. He could retire Joyce if Joyce don't switch it up. But I don't know. That's the only thing I don't, <laughs> I don't like know. either, though. I've been seeing that, too. He talking real cocky. I don't like that. I don't like when people get overconfident because it could be overlooking. Like, he, all the headlines is, yo, I read a headline where my man literally said, Joyce, um, it don't matter. Joyce don't move his head. He is going to be faster this time. And it's like, bro, you going to tell the dude what he doing wrong before the fight? Like, fuck is wrong with you? Don't say yeah. that. And that's what I'm saying. So what if he go in there and he doesn't make adjustments, but Joyce has made adjustments? Like that, It's a possibility. Like it's tricky. It's a huge possibility because Joyce got the trainer Ishmael Silas, um, 
Well, Ishmael's soap, man, I swear to God, I don't want to say nothing because I'm still trying to work him. But he out of control. I don't like dudes that fucking emotional. It's like, bro, I hit you up. I just want to come to your gym. He talking about, well, I train all day and I don't be having time. It's like, bro, I just want to come. Like, that ain't got nothing to do with nothing. It's so strict at his gym. I hate that shit. You got to interview. You got to email his wife and get clearance through this one. It's like, get the fuck out of here, bro. Dudes just want to interview the fighters, man. These fucking trainers that want to make it about them. That shit is weird. But he do I got Ishmael Silas, man. man. He got Ishmael Silas. Ishmael Silas is good. He's a fucking master. You know, Ishmael Silas helped uh, Mendoza get the win. Couple of them upset, so. Which we gonna have Mendoza tomorrow, so, uh, you know, don't forget, you could you could drop him a question, Cliff, if you a member or, or a Patreon. But I'm gonna go ahead and let you go. Yeah. I don't think I got any more callers, because this some hardcore shit. I knew how it was. Brandon, what up? I knew what it was. Only hardcores love this shit. And I definitely love, I love heavyweights, man. I have a whole heavyweight car salute. Hello, Ness. You hear me? I hear you, Brandon. Hey, what up, Ness? Uh, uh, yeah, you know, dude, it's crazy. I literally, I got, I went to my coach. I was like, I was like, I don't know if you're trying to hear this, but I went to my coach. He said, he said, after 90 days, so in 30 more days, I can get my license. I just have to pay a fee, and I can start. I don't know if I told you this. Yeah, I can yeah, start, yeah. Sparring start sparring. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the thing is, though, it expires every year, so it'll expire in December if I buy it. Yeah. Um, and then I have to buy it again uh, next year. But I'm. But I. I want to spar with the amateurs. There. There are some amateurs at the gym so that I want to spar with. So. Any tips? Wait. So I never sparred. Um, besides, besides one time with a couple boy, uh, buddies of mine, but that wasn't technically a spar. It was just like, a, yeah. A I joke. mean, I mean, honestly, <laughs> honestly, on this level, you know, it's about being comfortable and not letting your emotions get the best of you. So, you know, as long as uh the person isn't too intimidating, you should be okay. Um, you know, obviously you want to run, man. It, you know, again, at this level, the ground level, uh, you really want to have a tank because any little thing can overexert you, you know, and make you tired. So, you know, running is probably the best advice and keep your hands up, champ. Keep your hands up. Hopefully you got a good trainer <laughs> that if, uh, he sees, you know, you're not the greatest, he doesn't let the work beat on you and instead help you. He does. He 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 tells me always to keep my hands up, uh, by my by my face, by my uh, cheek, each each time, and always move my head because if I don't move my head, I become an easy target. Um, and then he said also, he said also to keep my distance because if you're in that ring, you have you have somebody across from you trying to close distance on you, and if you're within the distance of his reach, you can literally just become an easy target. But the thing is, I'm located right near Detroit, uh, Sterling oh, wow. Heights, 30 minutes okay. from Detroit. Yep. Okay, That's some real boxing gyms yep. out and then, that way. Yep. And I haven't even chosen. So after the 30 days is up, I can select that gym specifically, which is probably what I'll do, unless there's another gym that I could go to mm -hmm. that would be better. 
but I don't, I don't necessarily see one at the moment that would be better um, in terms of sparring. Um, but I want to spar with like real guys, real guys that are good, that know how to spar, and I mean, how long so you been in the try to work my way up, get some wins. I've been there for about two months now. Today is actually my 60 day. Mm. My coach texted me. He said, yeah, he, he said you've been a member of 60 work? days. I said, yeah. He got you doing pad work yet? Yeah, hell yeah. Okay. Yeah, every time. Good, good, good. Well, all right, Brandon, let me get this Jay Billy here. I bet. Appreciate you. Good luck with that, champ. Keep your head up. Keeping your head up. Yo. What up? Yes, sir. Shout out Ness putting in that work. But Ness, did you see what uh that dude Avialia? I don't know how you say it. Bro. Yeah, come on, man. Come on, <laughs> man. Yo, tell, all right, my bad, my bad, y'all. Tell, tell, tell a mad Ali that we are sorry his life ended up being career spawn partner for Canelo and Keller Plant. And no one knows him outside of being Man, a sparring partner. I'm sorry. That's all I'm going to say is that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sorry that's what your life is. I get it. Buddy, you know what I'm saying? If my, life, if my life was only that of a spawn partner and no one ever asked me questions about my own profession and instead, what am I doing to help someone else? I'd be mad oh, too. I wouldn't have anything nice to say either. Like, yeah, yo, like yo, yo. You, you make it make sense. The spawn partner that never won a world title and already got losses and couldn't even beat old-ass John Pascal is out here saying Canelo is lazy and tired. Man, I swear to God, this oh, world God. is so soft. You feel me? Like, dudes like that oh, need God. to get slapped. It's like, you need to get slapped. Like, I let you in my camp. I put you on shit you ain't never seen. You some nobody. Sign a dang fucking king. Like, I know about Ali better than any one of you motherfuckers. He don't deserve to be talking shit about nobody, much less Canelo. How dare you say someone is tired and lazy? Nigga, you ain't won a motherfucking thing. You ain't won shit. You only known for getting pounded on by Keller Plant and Canelo. The best thing you did was lose to John Pascal. How dare you? But that's the thing. It ain't nobody out there like me. But I'm here. Oh, I'm going to tell you the truth. What have you done? If Canelo get tired, nigga, and he got 30-something world titles, what the fuck did you do? And what's your excuse? You out here making headlines talking about Canelo tired. And that's what's wrong with you bum-ass niggas. Instead of working, you out here talking about the next man. Tell them dudes interviewing you, stop asking about the next man. Ask me about me. Making headlines off some shit you ain't got nothing to do with. Oh, now Canelo tired. I bet you ain't tired when he beating the shit out you and Spawn. Yeah, that was most definitely some hater vibes, man. You motherfuckers I like don't be checking the... these dudes, man. Shit, serious. It's so nah, silly. Eddie, Eddie, so silly. Eddie most definitely checked it. Oh, Eddie most definitely checked it. But the dudes Who's on Eddie? the podcast, you know that. Who's Eddie? Eddie Renoso. Oh, Renoso. R Renoso. Yeah. He quoted this shit. He said, very good joke coming from a sack of potatoes. That's why it's so there complicated to give. That's why it's so complicated to give opponents the opportunity to spar with champions because they treat them well in the ring and they think they can. See? So they come back talking shit. Because this is what it is, bro. Like, listen, 
I say it all the time. I spar, I spar uh, professional fighters. How dare I go in there and say, yo, I got off on on Mike Polite Coffee. I got off on Dion Nicholson. Like, yo, I was able to motherfuck. Like, I, I, I hooked off on Sean Porter. Like, they ain't let me. And, and maybe not in that moment. Maybe not in that moment they ain't let me, but they ain't, they ain't pressure me like they would a real fighter. The same thing Canelo yeah. doing to some novice-ass motherfucker that only been in club fights in Florida. I'm not, I'm not all on you, bro, when I see that you getting paranoid and nervous and you overexerted and you can't breathe and you need to jump out the ring. Man, come on, man. These dudes be out here capping, man. See, if you watch these dudes spar, then you know the truth. You know the truth. Yeah, you landed one punch on Canelo. Maybe even 12. How many he landed on you? You out here doing interviews, man. These grown-ass men. It's so fucking sad, though. I'm just glad God let me be somebody. So I ain't got to be like a bunch of these niggas out here just talking about the next man because they ain't got nothing to do with their life. Ain't got nothing to do with their yeah. life. Like, that's just sad. I you promise know, you, that dude been with, he been in a shit contract my whole life. Dude's my probably trying life. to get a fight right now. He probably he, trying to get a fight. He ain't getting no fight with Don King, man. Get the fuck out of yeah. here. He ain't getting no fight. That's what I'm saying, though, because why would he say it right now? He's trying to build Cloud off his name. Mm-hmm. Build Cloud, Cloud off uh, Canelo name. It's sad. So, yeah, man. It, it's some real hater vibes over there. That's that's how you know you popping, though. That's how you know you popping. When the haters coming. But Canelo already know that. But uh, I was just watching the Charlo versus Castaño, too. <sighs> man, I think Charlo's going to hold the weight well, but he ain't him like Triple G. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't think he got enough power to back up Canelo. You feel me? Yes, Charlo does back good off the back foot, and Canelo doesn't. But Charlo has to make him go back first. I don't think he has that that power, you know, to make him go back. You know, we'll see the night of the fight if the weight actually does something. But like you were saying earlier, somebody said he was already looking sluggish at 154, and he takes too many punches. He takes way too many punches, but he can take them. Like, he, the Charlos, both of the Charlos got underrated chance to me. Like, their chance are up there with Canelo. That's why they can take them punches. But you're not going to be able to take all them punches from Canelo like you did Castaño. Like, I don't, I don't see it happening like that. But it, it's most definitely going to be a great fight. I think uh, Charlos, and I can say right now Charlos' speed, but it's his speed at 154. Is he going to have the same hand speed? At 164, 168, whatever way he comes in at, you know, it's it's a lot of variables in that fight that I can't, you know, I just can't see Charlo getting past in the first fight of 168. So uh, even Jay though we Billy, seen Canelo, man, you a hardcore man, so you don't man, care, you know this. so you don't care about you know none this. of these heavyweight fights. Nah, man. Honestly, it's cool, but we know what Fury about to do to uh, Ngannou. But what about we Joseph Parker? About he taking on a, a a Canadian puncher, twenty one with twenty knockouts. Then you got. I mean, that's that's decent, but Parker he ain't about to be in contention again. You know this. You know <laughs> this is this is sprinkle fights. 
because the bag's so heavy on the main event, they just had to sprinkle in some undercards. You know how they doing it. But these is good as uh, Fabio Woolley, David decent. Adelaide. Honestly, I never watched Adelaide or uh, Worley. Wow. Uh, I'm, I got I got to do my homework. Yo, on at least watch Worley versus Eric Molina. He looked good in that fight, and I think he beat Nathan Gorman. Isn't Molina the substitute teacher? Yeah, common opponent with Wilder. How dare you? Bro, we know about Molina. Molina will get in a fight just to roll over. We know it. That's why you got to watch it. Yeah, okay, I'm going to watch it. Who'd you say? You said who? Adelaide (laughs) and Molina? (laughs) No, uh uh-uh. Poorly and Molina. Adelaide, Adelaide, honestly, Adelaide don't really got that resume popping like that. He getting this fight again. That's what I like about the UK. They know how to keep a domestic beef. You see, like like Devin and 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 Shakur, that's a a big domestic beef for. Us, so it's too late. But like there be small shit that be brewing. That like okay, Keyshawn and Floyd Schofield. Yo, UK would have been did that. Billy Joe Saunders for James DeGale, I think. If I ain't mistaken, at 11-0, bro. They had 13,000 people over there in the U.K. watching that shit. Yo, U.K. do domestic rivalries, man. We don't. We be on that bullshit trying to save. Oh, nah, Schofield can't fight Keyshawn yet. Keyshawn can't fight Schofield yet. They both on two different. They got two different trajectories. Yada, yada. Yo, Wally with Matchroom, bro. Adelaide with Frank Warren. Them dudes hate each other. That's the definition of Al and Bob. And look, they making a domestic fight early because they understand boxing, man. I just wish we could trade all these American fans for UK fans. They need to live over here. Motherfuckers, no boxing, bro. I'm telling you. Look, y'all don't even care about this shit. It's <laughs> so many good fights on this car. Outside of Fury, I get it, you know? But damn, we talking about three heavyweight fights. There's a bout sign. Yo, Martin Bacoli beat the dog shit out of Tony Yoka. Tony Yoka was this superstar heavyweight with all this French money. Nobody ain't never see a French heavyweight bringing motherfuckers all the way to France, doing fights every goddamn week, damn man. Look how active he was. That was an upset freak loss. And I get it, he lost after that, so it's a wrap. But this is the heavyweight division. Sometimes when you suffer a loss, it's like you can't even come back from that shit. But Bacoli, this big ass... I mean, and, and let's not forget, he's the motherfucking... Um, He's Makabu's brother, right? Martin Bacoli is 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 uh Makabu's brother. Yeah, yeah, man, I don't know. Y'all whack. Y'all don't like boxing, man. This dude, this dude lost to Michael Hunter, beat up Tony Yoka, about to fight Carlos Tackham. Like, this shit is relevant, y'all. Where my boxing fans at? Y'all terrible, man. This I was just thinking, and the only reason I'm saying is because I was just thinking, like, damn, do I really just got to make my second show for the next two weeks, Charlo Canelo, every day on some countdown shit? Because it's like people calling in to talk about it, and I get it, that's a big fight, so maybe I should just do that. like, And that's okay. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that, but I am saying, like, god damn, I thought I could slide in this dope-ass hardcore undercard show like, I value this, you know? Shout out to Don King, you know? 
congratulations to Frank Vaughn that they can do something like this. Like, this is a great undercard. And it's in Saudi Arabia, so, you know, you got all these heavyweights on one card. Different promoters. It's like, yo, shout out. They did it. They 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 paying homage to Don King, stacking a heavyweight card with with all top heavyweights. Cause these is all names. The the dude that we know the least is gonna be Simon Keane. And second least known fighter is David Adelaide. Other than that, everybody on there, you know him. Household name for us Americans at the very least. You know, if, you, if you've been watching boxing the last three years, man, there's no way you don't know those names outside of the two that I said would be on the least list. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I love it too much. I guess I just love it too much. Nah, man, you can't be just learning about these guys right now on the spot. Jesse, how, bruh? Yo, come on, man. <laughs> like, okay, so Simon, Fabio, and David are the new fighters. Like, you know, like, everyone else is there. And that's and that's what I'm saying. It's like movies, right? I don't go to the movies because I watch trailers. I actually don't watch movie trailers because I feel like I'm so good at telling the plot that if I watch a movie trailer, I know what the movie's about. So I follow actors. So if Brad Pitt drops a new movie, and I know Brad. I've watched fucking six dozen Brad Pitt movies. You know, like, which Brad Pitt movie did I watch that I didn't like? Oh, that's right. I didn't watch a Brad Pitt movie that I didn't like. So I go see all Brad Pitt movies. Like Equalizer. When's the last time Denzel Washington made a bad movie? So I went to go see Equalizer. That's how it works. Sandra Bullock made Bird Box and Speed. So I go see Sandra motherfucking Bullock. Like, the you dudes don't work like that. That shit has pissed me off. It's like Tyson Fury beat Wilder. So I watched Tyson Fury. Joseph Parker was a former champ. So I watched Joseph Parker. Martin Bacoli beat the dog shit out of Tony Yoka. So I watched Martin Bacoli. Like, what is wrong with y'all? <laughs> I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like, dude said, yo, Eric Molina, he the teacher. And this is what I'm saying about breaking down resumes. It's like, ah, right, you clowning him, but you didn't clown Wilder when he fought him. And it's like, yeah. We seen Eric Molina because we liked Wilder, so we had to watch Molina. Then we seen him with AJ, and we keep seeing him losing in different fashions. You know, he landed punches on Hergovich. He showed you, son. See, that's the problem. You dudes be name-watching, and because Molina was a school teacher, you didn't watch the Hergovich fight. So you didn't make money on Zang. And this is what I'm trying to teach you. Everything is fucking relative. I watched the Hergovich fight. I knew, I knew that Hergovich got hit by right hands from a school teacher. So I picked Zhang. And we all seen Zhang whoop that man. We know Zhang got robbed. We know Zhang beat Hergovich. And that's what I said. I went to Houston. I watched Hergovich spar. I seen him get tired after one round with Zach Spiller. 
So everything is relative, y'all. And you seen I invited Zach Spiller to my appreciation night. Because what the fuck he did in that ring? How you want to know when you did that to the quote-unquote boogeyman Hergovich? Meanwhile, you'll never hear no stories about Zach Spiller doing that to Jared Anderson, who we also sparred. So again, this is relative. So when Zach Spiller fought on the zone on motherfucking Golden Boy, I watched him. You see how it works? And he got the win. And now when Zach fights again, I will watch him because he sparred Hergovich because I watched him spar Jared Anderson and Hergovich. So I, I'm just saying, like, y'all got to maybe try to take that uh that route. Like, if you've seen somebody, you already invested your time. Now, if that dude bored you, I'm not telling you to reinvest more hours into watching his fights, but if that dude didn't bore you, if Bacoli's fight versus Tony Yoka was entertaining, you should be watching Bacoli's fight with Carlos Tackham. You know, Carlos Tackham fought AJ. What if Bacoli go in there and destroy Tackham in one round and make AJ's fight look like nothing? What if he beats Carlos Tackham better than anybody? What if Carlos Tackham upsets Bacoli? Like, Boxing is the only sport where, like, yeah, he's 36. Yeah, he's 40. But sometimes it still don't matter. B-Hop still exists in this sport. Upsets still happen in this sport. Buster Douglas exists in this sport. This is the best sport because of that. You know, it's kind of hard for an underdog team to win a Super Bowl. It's not hard for an underdog to get a championship fight. On that night, the sun could shine on a dog's ass and he could get the knockout punch he need. He could split someone's eye and they got to go to the cards and the fight is over and he got the win he needed. I don't know. I watched Ray Beltran fight. All his fights. Because he was Pacquiao's spawn partner. We, we knew him through all access. Or rather, 24-7 back then. So I watched them fight. I just don't get it. It's like I'm already invested in them. Why I'm not going to invest in them? I don't know. This is a great heavyweight fight. But look, I ain't going to stretch it. It is what it is. Y'all not into it. What could I do? You can only take the horse to drink water. Can't force him, right? You can only lead the horse to the water. You know? I tell you, it's a good card, man. Um, and sometimes I feel like these shows are necessary so that the promoters know that we appreciate that they went the extra mile because they didn't have to. You feel me? The fight here that the Prince cared about was Tyson Fury and Ngannou. That's what the Prince wants. He don't give a fuck about these other dudes. These other dudes is for us. You fools. These other dudes is for us, man. How terrible. When else are we going to get six heavyweights on the card? Who the fuck got the budget to do it? Like, y'all don't even get it, man. Shit, sad. What up, Quan? Yo, yo, what up, Ness? Chilling. <laughs> Shit, I'm just here listening to you. I feel like it, it's a it's a couple things, though. Like me, me personally, I watch the fights. Because, like, I'm, like, one of them dudes, like, I'm probably not out kicking it on the weekends. I'm watching boxing just because I just like watching fights, any fights, you feel me? Because it's entertaining. I like, you know, commenting on them, you know, just saying what one fighter can do better than another fighter. 
and stuff like that. So that's how I found my way to those fights over there in the UK. And I'm be honest, like I don't know the names, but I know the faces. And you know, I got to do my own research to even get access to that. You know, and I know it's the uh, on the zone and stuff, but I, I don't even got the zone. I just I don't agree with the the prices and stuff. But I feel like the problem is it's like them they're not really promoting that stuff to the uh American people, to the casuals, even the hardcores. Like I don't see none of that stuff, none of them fights in my algorithm. So, you know, you really gotta be on your hardcore shit and do the research and you know that that's you know what it is. So I'm I'm definitely I think the undercard is, is good though, because I know I know the faces on it. Names and stuff, and I, I think they'd be definitely having some good stuff going over there on the UK. So uh, it's, it's gonna be cool, but you know the main event. I think that's really the only thing that matters. I think for the UK people over there, you know, it's gonna do good for them. But you know, it's gonna be a good event. So that's all that matters. All right. Appreciate you, Quan. Appreciate you. Um, looks like I got, I'm going to have to double check this. We've gotten an influx in Toronto callers and, uh, I used to always see the Toronto number and just say T in Toronto, but it's become more than just T in Toronto these days. See, this is actually Jamie, right? In Toronto. What's up? Bro, I just watched that Tory Lanez documentary on HBO Max, too. My boy Tory, man. Shout out to Rano. Yeah, no, I haven't seen that, but no, I, I definitely uh, I feel bad for what's going on with him. Yeah, bro, that, that's crazy, bro. But anyway. Um, no, I just wanted to give my input on Joyce. I don't know if you guys have it, because you guys are talking about heavyweights UK. I don't know if you guys talked about the Joyce fight coming up. Um, um, we didn't talk about Joyce today. We were actually discussing Tyson Fury and Gano undercard announcement. They announced uh, three heavyweight fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I heard the last. Uh, I heard you. I heard you going off about it, but I have no idea who's even on the card. I haven't looked at it yet, but um, I'm definitely gonna watch it as well. When's the actual fight coming up? I think it's in October. No, October twenty eighth. Yeah. Yeah, so no, I'm pumped up for this weekend. I just wanted to give my uh, my two cents on what I think is gonna happen with with Joyce and Zhang. But um, I got Joyce TKO seven to twelve. I just think that he's gonna he's gonna adapt, and I, I mean it's on how Zhang is gonna handle that. But I, I feel like he he just gotta he's gonna probably move to his left instead this time. You know what I mean? And I don't think I don't think he's gonna try to engage as much in the earlier rounds. Probably load up on the jab and just be more consistent with it. But I think it's gonna be a battle of the jabs the first few rounds, and then either decision and or seven to twelve. Plus, it's in England, so I they're obviously gonna favor Joyce, if, even if it is a tighter a tight fight. I don't know how you think it's gonna go by. So I saw your your earlier videos that you had Zhang, that was a big win, but I, I didn't think Zhang was going to be able to pull it off. I, I haven't watched too much of Zhang before. That's probably why. Yeah, man, it's going to be hard <laughs> for, for Zhang to lose to Joyce, in my opinion, at this point. Um, 
You think you know, so? Yeah, I think in, uh, I think it's England? up to Joyce. I think it's up to Joyce to make all the adjustments. And then you got to understand, you know, Zhang won the interim. Before we got in this sport, they said when you win a title, you get better uh, mentally. You mm-hmm. know, he's going into this confidently. Uh, they switched strength and conditioning trainers, so they're they still working on getting better. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I hope they make him as underdog again. Yeah, I mean, Joyce is plus money right now. And that's another thing, right? When do you ever get Joyce at plus money? So it's kind of it's, it's not a bad bet. I knew, listen, I locked in my, my, my Zang bet like a week ago because I just knew that, look, now you're saying Joyce is plus money? That's crazy. That means everybody's changed their mind and they see the Zang. Now they all betting no, on Zang. No, but Joyce, Joyce, is, Joyce has been plus money since, I think, for like over a couple months now. He's been plus money. Mm. Yeah, Ever man, I, I've been out the, here for a year. Yeah. I've been out here for a year, man. I've I've gotten to see Joyce Spar. Um, I'm uh, yeah. No, we'll see though. I'm, I I think it'll be probably the best. So like, I think it will. It should be the best uh, heavyweight fight so far we have this year. Because I don't uh, really see anything I popping hope. in as of right now. I hope that would be dope. Say again. I said I hope yeah. that would be dope. Yeah, because, I don't know, what's the most entertaining heavyweight fight you've seen this year so far? Uh, shit, I don't know, bro. It's hard to think on yeah, the there, spot. Yeah, there hasn't been too many. There hasn't been too many, so I think uh, it, it could be up there. It'll definitely be up there. But we'll see, we'll see. I'll tune back in after the fight and we can talk about it. All right. All right, man, that's my call. Thank you, brother. Shout out. Let's see. We got Chad. What up? Chad, what up? Hey, Ness. How are you, man? Yeah, look. um, Oh, my God. I, I'm not going to get caller of the year with my last call, bro. I'm, I'm so like, I'm so embarrassed. Like you guys hit the horn and I thought the call was over. I was like, yeah, so not a good look. Hey, anyway, um, don't get discouraged, man. Don't get discouraged. You sounded like you were a little discouraged. Like, I feel like this type of topic, it might not uh, catch a lot of live interaction, but I bet you this will uh, do nicely in your archive. People will, because you're you're bringing uh, really good knowledge to fans, it, myself included. Like, I try and keep up with uh, what's going on in heavyweight, but like, right now, I feel like the division's in uh, kind of in a really big. It's mo- It's rolling over, and uh, a lot of the younger, lesser-known guys that are coming up it's going to be those guys to take over the division. And a lot, there's guys I, I'm not familiar enough with, or I've only seen them fight maybe once or twice. So I, even, even Joyce, I feel like I've seen him fight a couple of times. I watched the Zang fight and everything, but I feel like I don't know him very well. Like trying to un- figure out what he can do different in this fight. Like, I don't know him well enough to really say like, like I know that he needs to improve his defense in a huge way. Like, that that Zhang fight was he was terrible, man. His 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 head was on the line. Like 
his upper body and head movement is not good. Uh, he, he was dropping his hands a lot. Uh, Zhang was coming over his guard, like just, just simple things like that. But my question to you is, will Joyce make those adjustments? Like, is he capable of that? Can Joyce make those adjustments? Yeah, he should be able to. He has a very good teacher, right? Um, in in uh, Ishmael Salas, so I don't see why he can't make the adjustments. The question is going to be more about does he do them in real time? Okay, because what I, what I see as the best, most logical thing that Joyce can do is to try and take Zhang into deep waters get him as tired as possible, which is going to require good defending and, and see what he can do in the later rounds. Um, if, if Zang, but Zang for a guy of his size, like he's got pretty good stamina, you know, like, and he's pretty consistent through his fights. Yeah. I don't know um, about like, that, man. Je a couple fights ago, he had horrible Santa. He got tired on us in a Jerry Forrest fight. And that, that, that cost him the fight. Oh, I saw that fight. I watched that. You're right, man. You're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like he kind of consistently, he's slow moving, you know, he just kind of lumbers around in there like a giant guy should. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know what else I could say about the Joyce, but uh, for Fury and Nganu, um, I don't see any hope for Nganu here. Like, I don't know what, I didn't listen to the whole show. I don't know what people have been saying, but for, in my mind, it's Fury all the way. But um, Nganu seems pretty happy to be there and pretty happy about the money he's getting. and he. So I like that part of it. You know, they're going in there uh, to do some work and hopefully he can challenge Fury a bit and give him a couple looks that are, make it for a good fight. But as far as the undercard goes, yeah, man. Like, this is the type of undercard where you get an education as far as where the division's going, uh, contenders and prospects right i mean uh, i think a big question for a lot of guys american fans especially is for somebody like uh jared anderson like what are his next moves like between prospect to contender and then you know moving in to start challenging like who should he fight you know and i mean a lot of guys don't like the zang joyce moving up to that step i mean there's there's a lot of these other guys Bacoli, you know, guys with uh, 15 to 20 fights, and they're they're hungry too, right? And I feel like these are the type of fights that are going to start happening. Um, so it's important to know who these guys are, you know, get a sense of how they fight. <laughs> For sure, man. I'm with you. I'm with you, man. You yeah. definitely got to stay up to date, man. You know what's funny? Though? You were talking about the, the betting and kind of that angle, and you know what brought me to, to your show? was because you guys took Foster over – oh, Shaki Foster over Vargas. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I had taken that too, especially uh, when I saw the action on it. I think I took it early, like a week or two early at, at plus 350. But I know it went up as the fight wore closer. And then my buddy did really good with the live betting too, um, mm. which I, I, don't, I don't know that really well, but uh, he did really well that night with the live betting. But yeah, man, um, knowing, understanding these type of fighters on the undercard for Fury and Ganu is exactly the key to making really good money with boxing because those are the type of uh, fights that happen where, you know, sometimes the line, it, it'll be off. It'll yeah, be off, you know? Absolutely. Sometimes we know, 
Yeah, yeah. Sometimes like, I feel we like know that... more than the bookies. Yes, yeah. exactly. Sometimes we know more. Exactly right. I agree with yeah. you. Yeah, like Foster Vargas was a perfect example. I couldn't believe it when I saw it at plus 350. I, I called nervous. my buddy up. I was nervous. Oh, for let, me tell you, let me tell you why, right? Because now I can say. So I go all the way to fucking Houston to see Oshaki train for this fight. And mm-hmm. as soon as the sparring session starts, dude gets cut. They make me promise. Yeah. They make me promise not to say anything because obviously if they uh, if they say they got cut, the fight is off. They got to try and get this cut fixed and it not go noticed by the physician before the fight. So, so like around his eye, around yeah. his eye, I guess. Oh, fuck yeah! Oh bro. my god! So I'm like, oh damn, god. do I bet on this dude and his, the cut he's going into the fight opens up and it's and it's a wrap, or do I bet on yeah. this dude because what I seen in the gym and what I seen, you know, in his conditioning, I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna bet on him anyway. You know what I mean? If the cut opens wow. up, it, it it opens up. But nah, he was uh, the cut never opened up and he. Bro, he sparred Shakur for that training camp too. Like, yeah, man, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's important. It's important to know everybody if you, especially if you're gonna bet. You know. Well, I took. I, I got nervous at the end of that fight because I took it for decision, and it started looking like he was gonna knock Vargas out the last couple rounds. Yeah. I, so it's funny, like the last couple rounds, I was cheering for Vargas. I'm like, come on, man! Like, yeah, you know, yeah, keep it yeah. together. He made me nervous yeah, too, yeah. man. He was getting. Yeah, yeah. He was getting a, a little, little too, too, getting off a little bit too much. See, right now I don't yeah. even got Joyce for plus money. They got him even, but they got Zhang as a minus one thirty right now, which is still not bad. You know what I mean? That's still not bad. I mean, I, I, I definitely got Zhang in that fight, unless something changes for him. You know, like I mean, I just. Uh, I don't see anything like I I was really disappointed with Joyce in that fight, man. Like I felt like, is this all he's got? Like he's going to have to do better if he wants to challenge for any belts, man. He's going to have to do way better, way better. I hate to say it. Like he was in there working and stuff, but no, man, that wasn't it. Um, Especially when you look at the other guys coming up right now, you know what I'm saying? Um, Yeah. I mean, man, as far as heavyweight goes, I feel like, um, I, ever since like the Klitschko era, I sort of stepped back from heavyweight, like intense heavyweight scrutiny, and kind of started looking at smaller. Like Marquez Va- Vasquez was going on back then, and you know, I started looking at smaller uh, divisions, and I've kind of stuck with that. I, I do like to keep up though with most of the divisions, definitely heavyweight. But dude, I just want to say, like, keep keep doing what you're doing. Don't don't get discouraged because there's people that appreciate. Um, I, I want to know who these guys are before I watch them in a fight. Like usually that's how I discover a lot of these guys. I just watch an undercard and, Oh, I like how this guy looks or whatever. And you just learn about a new guy and you start following him or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, man. Yeah. Don't get discouraged. Keep, keep up the good work, man. And, uh, I'm, I'm gonna let you go though, man. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks for calling in. Chad. All right. All right. Now, bye. Trees Toledo. Yo. What's up? Shit, man. Chillin', 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 chillin'. I'm just man. I hear you all heartbroken and whatnot about the... Don't be so sad, G. It's just... I mean, it's... 
you talking about an undercard that's in October. This shit is it's like the October with twenty eighth or something like this. Yeah, but it's, it's got announced. Like this is a like when's the last time you got an undercard with this many names? And these ain't one sided fights like the Tank and Hector Ryan undercard. Like y'all y'all got excited I for mean, that we shit. Gotta, we, uh, ho, 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 listen, listen, listen. We got an undercard under un, with the Charlo and Canelo undercard. My guy, you not talking about that? That under you should be talking about that undercard. I've been, I've been talking about that. I'm the one told you fucking Jesus Ramos was fighting Lubin. Like, what is we talking about? I announced that shit before they announced it. (laughs) I'm saying. And what other fight is on that card? We don't Next, know. We gar- got an undercard, un- bro. What I'm saying, that, I'm saying, you talking about an undercard? That's the money away. This we got an undercard. We got a whole fight. The Charlo and Canelo. This should a big fight, bro. But that, got, that's what I'm got saying. There gotta be room in boxing to talk about Charlo Canelo plus other news that well, is important. I'm, let me, and I'm trying to get to him. Let me finish. Next, I'm talking. We still, we still got the hitches. I'm just shot. Fight coming up. I'm just I'm, shot. First of all, you took the wrong angle. You missed the. What the fuck going on? Toledo this, Toledo that. We talking about. You know, let me well, let me add you know this up. Hold on. Three, three, four. We talking about. We talking about eight heavyweights that could be potential these, you, opponents. You, you, you didn't for think that was gonna get on your ass about having all these heavyweights on this screen and not and not talking no Jerry shit? Come on, now you knew better. You well, knew that, better. That's, you knew I was gonna that's come in eight potential opponents for Jared right there. Like this, like. When you saying, yo, Jared need a fight, well, they go eight people right here. So it's like, if oh we God. talk but about like you, this, but like, but like if you we watch the this... They tied up, but we look. We looking for a fight at the end of this. Ain't nobody on this shit gonna be bro, ready for Jared by the end of this. If, fight, if you watch Fabio Wardley, if you watch Fabio Wardley versus David Adelaide, and you and you don't say you want Jared to fight the winner, you ain't a fan. Like that's all I'm saying. What like, you mean? I've been calling. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You've been you done heard me calling here, calling for the Carlos Tackle. I've been calling for him for for a while. I want I wanted him before. I didn't even know he had this fight coming up. With now, the man's and that's what I'm Cut saying. That so that's what I'm saying. So now you should be tuning in because you wanted Carlos Tackle for Jared, but I'm now he's fighting Bacoli. So you to, need to going, watch it so that you can want Bacoli. Was going to tune in. That's, I want the. I'm looking for the Michael. I'm looking for the Michael Hunter though. He been, we call him out. I'm looking for him nah, for the fourth inact- fight of the year. Um, inact- and by the way, and by the way, go ahead. He inactive. Oh, he inactive. Okay. okay. Ain't coming Where off a draw that people thought he got a loss to Jerry Forrest, like which is still relevant. But it's not your time. It's still relevant because Jerry Forrest had a draw with Zang, and Zang came back to look great. He did. What I'm saying is, Ness, I'm looking forward to fight. And I see that we're not going to be on the undercard of that Shakur fight no more because I see Navarrete got that occupied. So, shit, I'm thinking that we probably going to get the Heisman night if I'm not, if I was a betting man. Mm-hmm. If I had any sense, I would assume that ESPN would give us that. You feel me? Ain't the Heisman, event on what? The Heisman December night. 10th or February? Because I don't know you those what? sports. What date is that? December 10th or February? Because I don't know those sports. It's de- that's December. That's December. I'm assuming oh, yeah, that's December. Yeah, that's yeah. when when T.O. When when used to fight. T.O. date. T.O. date. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear what you're saying for the T.O. date. Yeah, yeah, the T.O. date. Yeah, yeah, Boom. So, yeah, that's. I feel like they probably going to give us that main event. You feel me? And I'm looking – I'm look, are you right. I am looking at this car with, 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 high, with peak interest. But like I say, I've been calling for the, for the, for the, for the tackle, man. And this, this just, 
it's just nice, man. We got fights this 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 month that 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 I'm borderline, not even borderline. I'm very excited about. You got me talking about undercard shit in October. Come on, man. Come on, man. That's all. Just we 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 excited. We here with you, Ness. We all we all let us boxing shit too. Just just damn. Let us let us get through this month, big dog. That's my call. Shout out Toledo, Ohio. Shout out TBV, man. Y'all know what the fuck going on. Be cool. All right, all right, all right. That is everyone. So, on that note, let me double check if uh got some super chats. If not, it is time to cut on out. Because of the lack of participation from you, whack hardcores. Oh, shit. I got a super chat. Appreciate it. Keep it moving. $2. I think Charlo going to box early. Face with tears of joy. <laughs> Terrence Jones, $10. Rex from the 302 Ness, I agree. This is a solid undercard. I'm familiar with all of them except Wardley. Can you educate me on him, please? Good brother. Hashtag TBB. Fabio Wally is nice, man. He's nice. He's really uh, slick. You know, what What he lacks is experience. I don't think he has a deep amateur background. I'm pretty sure he was like one of those, you know, the UK does those, those, those things where they like, you know, let regular dudes fight and they become shit from that. I think that's what Wally was. I ain't mistaken. Let me see if his, if his uh, wiki says anything like that. Um, so, where's the story on him? No story? He he was uh, held British heavyweight title, so what the fuck? Boxing career? Damn, they have no notes on Fabio Woodley. What in the fuck? I never seen somebody's, uh, box record. I mean, uh, wiki looked this thin. Sheesh. But I'm pretty sure they barely have any external links. Lord. I'm pretty sure he doesn't have this deep amateur background. And uh, learning on the job. But he's been in there with decent opposition. He fought Richard Lardy's common opponent with Daniel Dubois. He fought Eric Molina, common opponent with uh, AJ and Wilder. Um, he fought Mike Polite Coffee and beat my guy, you know? Fuck. He beat Nathan Gorman, common opponent with Dubois. Um, he got some decent wins, bro, and a lot of undefeated records he took. So, you know, um, excuse me, not undefeated records. Kept his undefeated record. Uh, but I like him. I've always liked him from early on. Let me... Pull up his box track just to see when did I start watching Fabio. Because I was just on his wiki page. So Fabio, I definitely watched the Richard Lardy fight. And that looks like 2020. Did I see anything before then? Uh, 
feel like I'm lying if I said I watched anything before them, but I, I could have. Not sure. But we could go with my thought process of movie watching and the Brad Pitt story that we went through. Richard Lardy fought Daniel Dubois. So when Richard Lardy came back versus Wardley, I watched him. See, it just makes your life that much easier. So then after that, he fought Eric Molina. I watched that as well. Nick Webb, I watched that as well. Daniel Martz, I, I mean, a, after that, I just, you know, obviously stood tuned in. His best performances to me was uh, Nathan Gorman and Mike Polite Coffee. You know, you can't leave out Molina because who Molina's lost to, that's a valuable win. I like him. I like him. Um, and, I, and I tell you, a fight with him and Jared Anderson would be interesting, you know. Uh, Wardley has 93 knockout ratio. He's 16 wins, 15 KOs. He's, he's got a slick style. Kind of keeps his hands down like Jared, uses athleticism like Jared. This, it, you really should watch it. Probably Jared is way more athletic and, and probably naturally bigger. But Wally's listed at 6'5". He's not small, but he certainly got shoved to the ground quite easily by David Adelaide the other day. And I'm going to be locked in, man. This shit, uh, I'm happy for it. Troy in L.A., right? No, shit, wrong number. What is this? This is... Okay, we got ourselves a new number then. Let me do this the right way. Double check. Yeah, new number. All right, so... Baltimore, who's this? Where you calling from? I'm assuming Baltimore, but you know. What's up, man? You hear me clear? I hear you clear. Who's this? Where are you calling from? I'm calling from uh, the DMV area, in particular Maryland. And your name, Chip? Moses. Moses, talk to us. What's on your mind? Not much, brother. Um, I watch your show um, pretty often. Um, I know you're going to end the show not um, in a couple minutes. Just want to. I'll give you the first time call to just appreciate all the work that you do, uh, bringing us content and stuff. Thank not you. sure exactly what you were talking about in this show. Um, I just heard about the George Joyce and the Zang fight. I don't know if that's what you were talking about with the other callers. Uh, well, today we were discussing Tyson Fury and Gano's undercard announcement. He has uh, three great heavyweight fights on that undercard. He's going to be having... Uh, Joe Joyce, former WBO champion, returning and taking on uh, Simon uh, Keane, who is 21 and 20 knockouts from Canada. Um, and then you got the return of Carlos Tackham, who's going to be taking on Martin Bacoli, who got the big win over Tony Yoka. And then the domestic rivalry with Fabio Wortley and David Adelaide. And then you got the cherry on top with Ngannou and Fury. Yeah, I'm not really... Uh, except for the uh, the Fabio fight, um, that's the only one that excites me. But other than that, ah, 
I don't really care. <laughs> really? Not even the Bacoli fight, huh? Uh, Bacoli, I mean, uh, the only reason how I know him is because he was calling out uh, Dylan White. And I know Dylan White, he's out because of the drug thing. Um, but I, don't, I haven't really watched him that much. I don't think he's that impressive, in my opinion. Um, but the Fabio fight, that's for sure going to be the highlight of that card, for me, at least. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> that's a rivalry that's been building for a while. I've been following both of those guys. Adelaide doesn't have the resume of Wortley, but he's got this, you know, crazy power, right? So it's like... Gotta see what happens. Like what you said earlier, the UK, they do really good domestic fights, unlike us over here. Yeah. Uh, They like to play all this. No, we like to fucking marinate too much, bro. Yeah, but, you know, sometimes it could be helpful if we pushed some of the fights, like let's say the Frank Martin and Shakur fight. I think that would be a good fight. Or like a Keyshawn versus Frank. Yeah, I mean, Ke- Frank and Keyshawn are not on the same level. <laughs> Obviously, uh, Frank was just off of the title shot. Uh, Keyshawn needs to be fighting Kid Schofield. If this was the UK, they would have fought already. And it would have yeah, been like a big you were fight. A bit I mean, look, yep, look at, no, look at David you. Adelaide. He's 12 and 0, taking on Fabio Wardley, 16 and 0. Like, they, they don't play over there, man. I, I fuck with them with, for that. It's kind of like, it's kinda, I don't know if you agree with me on this one, but it's kind of like um, back in 2015, AJ versus um, White. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. Yeah. They no, don't, man, they, they don't they, give they, us they, none of that, bro. That. Like, think about it. Crawford and Danny fought in the amateurs. Mikey and Crawford fought in the amateurs. Boo Boo and, and 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 Keith Thurman fought in the amateurs. Usyk and 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 and, and Porter fought in the amateurs. Porter and, and Jacobs fought in the amateurs. Like, bro, we ain't get none of that shit. None of that shit. They don't, don't give us none of those fights as Usyk pros. Fought a bird of beef. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm a big boxing fan. Um, I also um train up in D.C. as well. I'm uh, I'm like 20 minutes away from D.C. I train at a gym called Urban, Urban Boxing. I don't know if you've heard about that. Nah, nah. Any pros out of there? No, not really. It's a a little um, small gym up in D.C. Um, I'm only 23 years old. Oh, wow. I've always wanted to. You sound older. full in boxing. What was that? I thought you were older. No, no, man. I'm, I'm 23. I... I started boxing like around 17, 18, um, and I'm super disciplined. I, don't, I literally like don't drink, I don't smoke. It's kind of like Crawford, <laughs> literally, because he's a you know gym rat and he does like a lot of weights on deadlifts. Um, I have like videos and stuff on my social media stuff, um, and I'm always like contemplating and competing and stuff. So that that that'll, that'll be something yet you know in a couple months or in a year that. You might hear from me on that. Nice. Well, we'll be tuned in, bro. We'll be tuned in. And if you take it pro, we'll be watching. What weight division? Well, right now I walk around 154, 160. Um, so probably 
if I were to compete, probably I would say 147 because um, nice. I wouldn't want to cut that much. I want to be healthy and make sure I'm strong and stuff. I've been to, uh, I don't know if you've uh, been in Maryland, but I've been to Tank's Gym up in up, Upton Boxing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I've been there. And to Barry Hunter's Gym. Excuse me. Whoa. That dab hit hard. I've yeah. been there and to Barry Hunter's Gym in Maryland. Yeah, no, some area. good guys there. Um, you know, I don't know if you know Lorenzo. Truck, Truck Simpson. Simpson, yeah, for sure. Yeah, all those guys down there, some some good people down there. But um, I'm gonna finish off by saying, you know, I keep watching the show, keep doing your thing, and um, I'll be making sure to uh, give you a call more. This is my first time calling you out of like how many months I've been watching your show. <laughs> I feel Appreciate like I'm doing a service. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, continue to call in and uh, get your friends to call in. Put the put up, put other boxing fans on. Not everybody knows that the Breakfast Club of Boxing exists and that we rock out. Every day, twice a day. Remember, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then we're right back at you at 7 o'clock Pacific. Excuse me, 7 o'clock Eastern, uh, 4 o'clock Pacific. You got to understand, I messed that up because I'm, 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 I'm a born East Coaster now living in the West. So it's, 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 it's taking some getting used to. But, yo, I, I remember the East Coast, West Coast beef and the whole West Side, the best side. I ain't going front. West Side is the best side. I know a lot of East Coasters going to get mad at me, but, like, as a hustler, I prefer living on this coast because my show starts at 6 versus starting at 8. I mean, 9. You know what I mean? That's like a lot of dead time for me, waiting till 9. Um, so I feel like I could get so much more done on the West because they start later, but I still start with the East by starting at 6. I don't know. But uh, that looks like everybody. <clears throat> Them dabs be coming back. It's like, yo, I took that dab a few minutes ago. Why am I still coughing again? All right, so that is the last caller and the last Super Chat. Nest GTO, Instagram, and Twitter. Catch me on the next one tomorrow morning. We out.